Welcome back into yet another fantastic edition of the official 615 podcast brought to you by our good friends at Wilson County Hyundai. Check them out online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Greg, they've asked us back for yet another week. Well, and one again, I want to thank uh, Todd Rotermel, Music City Todd, all the great folks here at Kitchen Notes, the Biscuits. And the Next the, the accoutrements that come with them are just excellent. So we, I don't know that that means honey and and jam. <laughs> <laughs> well done with that. All right, our guest this week is somebody that I've known for about twenty years, uh, but she rocketed to stardom in a way that most people don't do. That let's welcome in Scotty <laughs> Nell Hughes uh, today. Scotty, good to see you. It's wonderful to see you. And like I said, the only thing that you have to guarantee an immediate hit in Nashville, Tennessee, as opposed to anywhere else in the world is biscuits and jam or whatever (laughs) attempt at French you tried there. Yeah. (laughs) but um, Greg left a box of biscuits two weeks ago here and I think he fretted all week about leaving. Well, I I have an adult special needs adult and he he loves them so every week I take take them home to him and everything. Um, Where to start with you? I mean, you know, a journalist. So many people ask those questions. I think my husband does every morning. (laughs) And you're certainly in in a lightning rod in a lot of ways, and certainly for your political beliefs. And I'm not here to judge one way or the other, but man, how do you handle what you believe being so polarizing because in our country right now i think both sides are controlled by the fringes and that if anybody tries to be moderate here's my political statement they're 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 eaten by their own people you know <laughs> That's a great way to they put are it. they're eaten by their own people and, and so i got to know how did it evolve from you being at fox 17 to where you are now well politics itself is polarizing Everybody has an opinion, whether it's talking about sports, music, pop culture, but especially in politics. And even if people say, oh, I don't care, I don't know enough about it, they can still have an opinion after one minute of reading whatever is given to them, and they'll have an opinion on it. So you know going into it that you're going to have someone that's going to like you and someone that's not going to like you. How I came from Nashville, Tennessee, growing up here, hometown girl, is that around here, we have here, and it's not only just Nashville, it's the South, we have a different way. I might not agree with you, but I'm going to listen to you, and I'm going to smile at you, and I'm not going to be rude. That is what I think one is the main reason why I've been able to go national, is because I can get along with the other side. In fact, I value the other side. And oftentimes I try to find the common ground between the two, like we do here so often in Nashville that we've seen it. This I call it a fusion, political fusion. We have music fusion. We have sports fusion. This is which is uh, what I consider to be a lot of the different sports that we're starting to play now. Uh, but it's it's a fusion. So I appreciate the other side. I want to hear from them because as long as they're talking, I have job security. It's when if we're all agreeing then I'm out of a job. It's a good point to put that way. Uh, you've got a family. We're not going to get into deep dive into the family with the kids because I think they need to be off limits. Uh, when all the attacking with you was going on and still going on, I read your Twitter, everything, uh, your kids ever say anything to you about this? They have as they've gotten older. I mean, I've been doing this now for, like you said, 20 years. And so they know controversy. And, and to be honest with you, we have a lot of discussions in our house. Everybody usually, if you're in a family, usually the kids know what mom and dad does. Mm-hmm. Well, mom and dad in my family 
are in politics. And so we have these conversations. And I'd love to get their take on it. Often, especially these past few weeks, I've asked them, are they discussing? When we had uh, a few days ago or a few weeks ago, we saw what happened with the Oscars. I asked, were people talking about the slap heard around the world? I wanted to see what is this next generation? What are they looking at the adults handling right now? And how well are they judging we're handling it? And I have to tell you, it's not good. And it, it has nothing to do with politics. This next generation of, stu of students, of children, uh, they're very much, I'm afraid we're going to have a great rebellion. And that's not a bad thing because I think they've seen some of the mistakes that we've made not only as parents but as a society and they're not going to want to make those same mistakes. All right so you were here how did you get from here to DC New York on the that part of because I know you were here did radio for a while you're with uh, Steve Gill and then did you do some of the Phil Valentine? I did Phil Valentine, yep. Steve Gill and, and then you know I went on and brought on Michael Berry a lot a lot of the guys here and in, in national women in talk radio it's really not a popular thing I think you hear women in talk radio and you think it's my ex-wife nagging me and <laughs> that's for men and women so they turn it off um, so it's very hard for a female to be in talk radio radio. Uh, so I did a lot of, you know, commentary on that side of it. It really just became a fact that I think I was able to relate. I was relatable. And you say that my children, the families are, are off limits. I get it. But in a world when there's so much, there's so much fakeness in the world today, people can't trust what's going on. So the fact that I'm a mom and I'm handling a lot of the same issues that other mothers, regardless of what political opinion they're of, that they're having to deal with, whether you know it, it talks about what's you know the curriculum in your school or whether the extra stress that's going on students right and the mental health of students right now, I've always been able to bond with those people. And I think that's the reason why I've been able to take from Nashville, Tennessee and go all the way. Not, it's not only just Washington and New York. Right now around the world, obviously, I've had a, a platform internationally here for the last you know few years. And it's been amazing to watch how I can bond with a mother in Thailand and we can find something to, that she's having to deal with the same sort of issue that I'm dealing with as a mother of a middle schooler. Explain that part of it. The, the, the last couple of years, the the international part you get there. Who, who were you working with? What company was it? So I was working with, it was a production company that had international shows in 11 different networks all around the world. Every country in the world had the joy of having Southern Charm uh, on their airwaves, <laughs> which was funny because it was, they thought I was the one with the accent. I'm going to wait a minute. Whenever I would talk to people, I'm like, but I can't understand oh, anyways, uh, but I was the one that they were strangers. So I worked for a production company that my show went on everywhere from in every country, uh, including Moscow and Russia to be. But I was also with the BBC. I was also with Sky News, um, the Great Britain News. So I did a lot of a lot of different networks around the world because everybody was interested in what was going on in the United States, whether they were interested in like people watch Comedy Central or if they were actually legitimately looking at the news coming out of here, uh, we provided a lot of entertainment for those outside of U.S. borders when they watched the events going on here in the U.S. And the connection, though, now to, as you mentioned it, a component of it was in Russia and everything that's happening internationally now. We know all about that. You sort of got tied to that and was used against you, correct? And used against me or not. The, the key is, and this is what is great about being an American, is we have this thing called freedom of the press. 
freedom of speech. And so to, the ability for I to call out either side of it and to never be censored on it um, was something that I cherish and I really do respect. So yes, they tied, but right now they're tying anything from cats to dressing if they have Russian in its name to being bad. Uh, that is just superficial. It doesn't matter what the opinions were. Uh, in the end, I joke right now, I'm a modern day hippie. I'm the biggest peace loving, uh, no war person that I would be holding the protest myself and burning bras on the state capitol if they would let me. Uh, that was more my message. It was, it was that at this time, we've got enough problems here within our own borders that we needed to worry about. That resonated with lots of people around the world because guess what? This time, it's my child that gets drafted. It's my child's friends that go off to war, and I don't want to see that happen. You know, when I read, uh, it's funny because you'll just pop on social media and see something, and I saw, you know, I guess six months ago, uh, labeled you spewing rot Russian government propaganda. And I'm like, that's Scott. I'm so proud of her. I'm like, wait, hold on. What the hell's going on here? Uh, All the way from Hendersonville. <laughs> <laughs> when you read that stuff, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, Half the people are going to take that literally like that's what she's doing. How do you define those lines? Because it, it's sort of like Margaret Thatcher used to say, when they call you names, they've run out of things to actually talk about you. Uh, if it was true, if there was an ounce of truth to it, if I wasn't a patriot, if I wasn't someone that didn't love the freedom of speech, regardless of what opinion it was coming from, then I'd probably lose sleep. But it's not true. And I know that that is just a throw at the wall type of mudslinging just so they won't actually hear what I'm saying. If people want to hate me. I get it. I hate that because I don't think I'm that person. But when they actually realize who I am, that I'm probably the biggest goofball, comedy loving, uh, it, like I said, Joe, you and I have known each other for 20 years, right. pink wearing, that I'm not <laughs> this person that they try to make me out to be. They, they try to go after the stereotype, but that stereotype's not who I am. I'm just someone that actually is engaged in politics and try to encourage other people to, to pay attention to what's going on in our world. Well, if imitation is the greatest form of flattery, the Saturday Night Live spoof. I mean, what a badge! I mean, I mean, they can make fun of me all day. I mean, you <laughs> right. know. So where were you when that? Because we had you on the radio. Greg and I did immediately after yeah, that. Yeah, like just like a week or two after you were. No, were you watching? Did people? I bet your phone rang nonstop. I was in bed because I had no idea it was coming. I like I said, I keep wishing they would have given me a heads up to that one. But no, I was in bed and my phone started lighting up with people texting, and then finally the phone calls. I'm like, what are? Turn it on. And I turn on and just went, oh, my God. <laughs> but I knew when the segment that week, when I'd done two segments on CNN that week, I knew that something was going to happen just because they were so outlandish. And, and part of my job, and I've always said this, is that I try to make every – there's a positive side to almost everything in the world today. So I'm the kind of person that – and unfortunately here in Tennessee, we've had a lot of tornadoes go through. There's the tornadoes hitting your house. I'm like – Okay, this stinks, but we get to redecorate. You know, I try to find something positive right. in the worst situations to make people realize that, it, you know, it's not the end of the world. You're going to live through it. And so that's kind of what the SNL skit kind of went with was just you're always finding a way and answer for everything. You know, it's just, it's a southern it's a southern charm. It's a southern um, it's a quality that most men uh, try to avoid. Right. <laughs> like, but an answer for everything, I can give. Do, it to have you. you ever talked to Cecily Strong about the no. the imitation? That would be neat. I that, have a cup and a sweatshirt yeah. from SNL. That's all I got out of the deal, and I think I, I got it at discount. I still had to pay for it. <laughs> Did you laugh at the impression? I loved it because I was. I'm sorry, I, and I know you well. I was dying. <laughs> I was dying. It was hilarious. I, it, like I said, I loved it. Was, it was the closest ones. And my kids now actually find it to be very funny. Yeah. That's the thing that I, I mean, my great grandkids are going to look up and be like, yeah, that was my grandma. Yeah. You know, so everybody has their legacy. Some people have, you know, great recipes. So some people have, you know, uh, buildings with their names on it. I get SNL. Yeah, there you go. Um, 
Tell me where growing up, where'd you go to school? So I grew up in Brentwood. So I went okay. to Brentwood High School all the way through public schools and then went to the University of Tennessee at Martin. But hands down. Okay. Why you and now I'm going to do, go ahead. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to back up to UT Martin here in a minute. But hands down, that is the reason why I am today. My personality comes from what watching this city and and. Anybody that asks, whether I'm here or I'm in London or, I, you know, in Asia and Vietnam or, or Argentina, I say Nashville and it's like instant. And then I'm saying I'm going to glom off the celebrity. It's instant celebrity. Oh, do you know? Don't know them, but I know of them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Taylor Swift and I are like this. The Hendersonville connection. And we yeah, did, well, we did get our nails done together once, but Aww. she just wasn't a big star at that point. Oh, but I still, know. you still did it. I still, well, we still got a pedicure sitting in the chairs next week. <laughs> <laughs> you do it. Uh, and Greg did the UT Martin part that, but uh, we talked a long time ago, a little tragedy in your life. before. Was it before you were born? Before your, I was born. Your but brother? That, but that was the reason why I was launched. So I, unfortunately, and this is where I, people talk about their experiences and that's why I don't hide my family I at this point people can google as we've learned and find out everything probably about every detail that someone would try to hide but my brother was murdered uh four years before I was born and he was he was eight years old at the time and so with a gun so that's kind of what launched me on to the national scene was that story because my at the time we had just gone through the Sandy Hook shooting and there was a lot of talk about second amendment rights and my mother obviously she lived through it, told me, no one knows my son's name. He's gone. I hate that. He's, he's literally just on, on, a, on a tombstone in a cemetery in Southern Illinois. Nobody knows his story. But if you can use the pain we've went through to say that there is good and bad in this world and we need to fight the bad but protect the good. And that's where my story came from. And that's where I wrote an article. And that's kind of what's catapulted me, as you pointed out, uh, to the national scene of going, OK, there's more than just at that point. You know, gun rights had not been necessarily my my background, but but quickly became from a personal experience. I could relate to how that the Sandy Hook families were. And that's that relationship the finding that way to relate um, is what I think we need more of. Instead of the polarizing, it's actually finding something that binds us together. Uh, your mother is still alive? Yes. So she is in my basement, and she is definitely still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Any other siblings? Was that? No, I'm an only child, and um, that was kind of our joke every morning. I, I bring her, uh, here's your uh, ham, uh, with love uh, with love and a pickle is what I call it, her breakfast every morning when I bring her. Because I, I, I do, I'm like many uh people in their 40s today i'm just blessed to have them in my basement yeah. so my mother and my father are in my basement so every morning i, I bring them breakfast well you make it sense. sound like they're in the basement <laughs> they, they literally <laughs> are in the basement <laughs> like a crawl space they are in the basement <laughs> yeah. um and she can't climb stairs so <laughs> i'm I, it's kind of this degree now no it's it, we we lower did, the food down lower the food down <laughs> in the bucket it, it's, it's quite polar it's funny because on the top i have the teenagers floor uh, and then i have my husband and i with the dogs and then yeah. the bottom i have the basement I, the basement with my my parents we have three generations in a house Wow. And the coronavirus was a good reason why I think a lot of people are turning to taking care of their own instead of sitting if they have that opportunity. So I get my children get to live with their grandparents, which is quite interesting. And, and, and that different types of look outlook on life. You know, my mother the other day came in or, or called me. I was like, have you heard the song that, you know, there's this money guy who sings it. And I'm like, what money guy? What? 50 cent? Is that what you're talking about? It's like, what is this? Take off all your clothes and swirl around like a helicopter. Your child's not doing I'm like, well, not your child you need to be worried about, Mom. You're, you know, that was my generation. Stay downstairs. Later. Exactly. So, no. But I'm blessed to have them with us. So, yes. Yeah, so, everybody, we live in one happy, dysfunctional household. 
um, that we just have lots of laughter and lots of tears. Well, bless you, because my mother-in-law lives with me and my wife, and I, I like her more than my wife. And, and, and then, uh, and then, you know, my my mother who had passed of Alzheimer last year, she lived with my sister. So I think that's what you in, in other countries. That's, that's what they that's, do. That's, that's everything. That's everything. You don't. That's just the way it is. I am intrigued, though, from Brentwood to UT Martin. Now, that's got a little bit. I've been to Martin on several occasions. Okay, by the wonderful. way, the Hearth Restaurant. If yes. you're, oh, my gosh. Talk I, about biscuits. Uh, uh, the Hearth, I'm just telling you, the Hearth Restaurant, it's got a buffet morning, noon, and night. Oh, nice. And it, it used it, to. I don't know. I've not been back. Does. Okay, so I haven't been oh, yeah. back I, I the go coronavirus. Up, I do TSU basketball, football, so I go up there a few times a year and, and do games at UT Martin. And so, yeah. Well, I'm a proud Skyhawk. I don't yeah. know if they're proud of me being a Skyhawk, right. but I am a very How did you, how, why I choose UT Martin? Uh, one is I paid for college myself. Uh -huh. And so UT Martin immediately being a broadcaster, I'd always wanted to do communications. They came in and said, we see that there's potential with you when it comes to broadcasting and, and being a journalist. And so they invested in me and that's what you want. You want to go to a college that wants you um, as you just finished, you know, your daughter graduating from college. So you want to go to a school where, yep. you know, they're going to fit in. And Martin was the perfect place for me. Um, it's a little surreal now with my children starting their college tours with the first one being Alabama. Um, my husband himself was silent the whole way home. I mean, we are tried and true Tennessee people. So we are orange and white. We're Skyhawks and we're Vols. Other, but he was not happy that we looked at Alabama. Um, in fact, I think he called an attorney when we got home to say if she proceeds down this path, <laughs> what are my options of separating from her? Uh, but UT Martin was an amazing school for me because they cared actually about seeing me prosper. And, and I give them a lot of credit for where I am today. But Van Jones also came from UT Martin. Mm -hmm. So if you have someone from Van and I together. Did uh, he really? He did. I did not know that. Yes. So and we that was how I actually got to know Van at CNN where everybody tried to get to him. And I could immediately, we had the same uh, speech professor. And then we had this little thing that we used to do the tips uh, the lips the teeth the tip of the tongue and he was walking by ignoring everybody and i just went the lips the teeth the tip of the tongue and he turned around he said who said that and i said dr professor norton and he went oh my goodness and that bonded us instantly um when no one else could really kind of get through to him at that point oh that is so very cool i had no idea all that you know it's crazy because you hear brentwood people you never you hear brentwood, brentwood people, people. Those be people ut martin is never the next thing that comes out so i applaud you for brentwood doing that people. well i put myself through college but let me tell you i'm living i'm living in purgatory now because now not only did I marry Mr. HHS, not only do I have to pass Hendersonville High School, which was Brentwood's number one rivalry mm -hmm. in 1998, but now my children are commandos. Now, my son's at Pope, but he's going to go to, to HHS next year, but my daughter made Golden Girls, and so I actually am going to have to don the black and gold commando sweatshirt, and, and <laughs> it's very hard because for four years in high school, we were we were going to beat those commandos. Hey, the Golden Girl, that's not easy because oh. I had a friend of mine that was, her daughter was on there too. That's a, that's a lot of work. You just not handed that. It's not. It's something that they work incredibly hard. A lot of these dance teams do. I mean, yes, it's amazing to support the football team and do the sports, but these competitive the competition teams that come from it are it's a great outlet for women's sports to be honest with you um it gives these girls that used to you know they she still does studio dance but it gives these girls a real chance to be a part of the school high school experience and the middle school experience now middle schools have dance team but yeah i know the golden girls continue to, to prosper and she only she's on jv she's gonna work hard and we're gonna get her on varsity next year we hope but there's definitely they're already working you'll look good in black and gold oh. you will <laughs> uh a few weeks ago a former colleague of mine 
sat down with you uh, and did an interview, Jeremy Finley, and uh, I saw it, and I and I love Jeremy. I'm I'm not sure what he was trying to do, and I saw a lot of responses on your page, on the WSMV page, and it was interesting. It's one of those that I'm a Nashville girl. That's why I kept looking. I was like, and I don't know where Jeremy was from. I didn't really like to Google stock who's going to interview me. Um, and the only reason, honestly, if you watched 150 of your colleagues get laid off in a one minute where the boss walks in and says, we're done, and you have people that look on their face, that's pretty, that's a moment I'll never forget. Regardless of whether you think it's justified or not, these are people that were production people. These, where was this? This was at, this was at RT America. Okay. And this happened at, it, literally one month ago uh, tomorrow. Um, and literally walked in and said, we're done. Because as you know, all the assets are being frozen, all of it, and just said, we're done. You watch your colleagues, you go from, and this was the first day we could not wear masks either. That was the other part, because D.C. has been under strict restrictions for the coronavirus. So I was almost like, can we put the mask back on? Because you saw grown men who had children in college. You had men who just had their first baby. You had women who, you know, were single mothers just collapsed into tears because their whole world was just devastated without any warning. So we've really just been very quiet about it. And, and all of us that are on air, and I was the last person that spoke actually on, on RT America for 10 years. I had done the State of the Union the night before, and no way did I have the idea at 11 o'clock when I signed off that night. That was going to be the last time that network, a 10-year network, had ever been heard of. That's the last word that would ever come out of it. And that also I have a lot of... Um, it's been hard as a journalist to deal with that, to, to know that I was that last voice when it's had so many voices on there over the years, including my mentor, Ed Schultz. So that's, um, that's why, so Jeremy shows up. I was in DC kind of cleaning out the office, going through, you're going through a grieving, a funeral process of it. And he, you know, he showed up at my door and I don't necessarily agree with the way that he got the interview, but I wanted to protect my home and protect my neighborhood. And so sat down with him. Um, yeah. I don't know what his goal was. I, I don't think he'd gotten the note that I was a Nashville girl. And we, we stand strong with each other. Even if we really don't agree with you, I do think that we do stand and support each other. And, and, and we make each other, you know, we, we support each other. So I don't know what his goal was. I do know he got national recognition for him. So way to go for that, Jeremy, because a lot of national networks, since none of us were speaking, he was the only one that got the interview. And, and we'd, everybody wanted to speak. Um, he got a lot of attention for it. What? What? So the, why did you talk to him? Just because you want to get your side out there? Or you didn't want him having, like, like maybe you're hiding he was something? from Nashville? I talked to him because, and I don't want to throw him under the bus for this, but, you know, journalists, we do have these, these things that we have to do to get the story. And he did what he thought he needed to do to get the story, which was film a story when I wasn't home, outside my home, film my neighbors, put their houses on camera. And in a time right now when there's so much hate that's going on against anything Russian, like I said, they've taken away the cats and the dressing or anything. The last thing I needed to do, and I knew I had concerned neighbors that an unmarked vehicle had been filming their houses. Um, and I needed to put that at best. So we traded off. I said, fine, if you'll pull the story, your news director, if you'll tell them to pull the story, um, I'll come and do an exclusive with you. And I hated it, but it's, it's, it's so what, what it was is. the story. If you wouldn't have done the interview, like there's Scotty Hughes lives and she works for the Russian, the there's, a, Putin there, there's a Russian spy in the middle of Hendersonville or <laughs> like whatever he wanted to her, because he is one of the journalists that I've not worked with here in Nashville. Right. And, and, and I, I worked with Jeremy for years and, and he's a, he's a dear friend. So I don't, I had no input to the story at all. I, in fact, I text people at channel four. I'm like, listen, tell him that I'm not this evil person that, you know, I like everybody else just wanted to, to do my job. And that's all that I've done. 
you know, in the end, the interview worked well for both of us. I don't know if he considers me a friend. I consider him a friend because we're in this. But, you know, like I said, I started off, I did Channel 2 when I was in eighth grade, Kids to Kids reporter. I interned at Channel 5, Channel 4 I've, for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Like, I've worked with every, no and you mentioned Fox 17. So I love local media. That is, I think, where you really find out the truth of what's going on in a community. So I'm glad that I was able to sit down with him. Uh, I just hope when he took away from it that he realized that I was not this horrible villain that he was trying to make me out to be to people that I really was just someone just trying to do my job and get the truth out there. And I had that opportunity and I did it. I thought, um, it, is there a chance art? What is it called again? RT it was RT America. Can it come back? Is it's it done. done? It's completely done. So no hope at all for that. No hope at all. They, they, they've so many things. And we talk, we, say the cancel culture and i'm not gonna lie hatred needs to be canceled people that are full of bigotry people that are out there doing that needs to be canceled i have a real problem with any press ever being canceled um i think in america that's a part of our constitution so it's our rights mm -hmm. and so there is an issue you know whether i agree with it being canceled or not, it wasn't very rarely actually was devoted to what was going on across these a lot of it was just more around the issues we have here at home because there's lots of it so no it's done it's um it's it's liquidated. They they declared bankruptcy. The ownership production company that provided, um, and and I didn't work for RT. I worked for the production house that sold to RT. So and it was an American owned company. All right, you listen to the official six one five podcast brought to you by our good friends at Wilson County Hyundai. Check them out online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Payne Bone and his staff outstanding of getting you with the perfect car at the perfect price. Check them out wilsoncountyhyundai.com. And again, thanks to the folks Kitchen Notes, Omni Nashville Hotel, Todd Rotermel uh, for having us down here. Here and uh, also uh, Mr. Kulik here, um, Chris's son, Justin. Yeah, I know it's. <laughs> <laughs> you know I didn't bet it Now, I didn't see the Finley thing, so I've, I've got the line of questioning here that I want to follow. Absolutely, because I want to. I want to go forward now. Mm -hmm. I like In it. about five years, you're going to be an empty nest. Not no. count, not counting. <laughs> I know. I'm not counting downstairs, but upstairs. Um, you ever thought about where where you're headed with 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 your career, your life, or or do you just flow? Or because a lot of a lot of people like me, you know, I, I think about, hey, I would like to do that, blah blah blah. But it's almost getting there is is as good as the destination. The journey is is better than the destination. Listen, I've had a lot of uh, roadblocks um, come up in my life over the, over my career, professional issues that have arisen. And every time I thought I was at the very that I'd hit it, something would come out that would just be even better, a better opportunity for me. So five years from now, actually, I would love to be on a farm with about 200 rescue dogs and be perfectly happy. That would be be my dream of it because in and the no end, Twitter and no Twitter, no social media. <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing. Is it's, 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 it's a medium that I love to hate. But the reality of it is I do like how much people are engaged more. You know, take back to 20 years. Most people didn't realize the headlines in the news unless they turned on the five o'clock news or picked up. People are paying attention. And that's all that I ask for. I want people to know what's going on. And more importantly, to hold those in power accountable for what they're doing. I think that truly some of the reasons that we're in the trouble we're in today is because people, they can get away with it. No one knows what's going on behind closed doors. I think that transparency in government, the only thing that people trust less than the, more than, less than the media is the government. So five years from now, honestly, I'm loving being at home. I, this is a great period of the kids being eighth grade, freshman year, both of them in high school. There's a lot of demands right now. I'm leaving here and going, picking up one to an orthodontist appointment, <laughs> taking another to dance and uh, taking, taking the dog and getting his flea stuff done. 
treatments, flea treatments. So I'm loving getting to have this experience. Take Joe with you when you get that flea <laughs> tre- for the flea treatment uh, as well. Let me ask you this, though. The one thing about social media, when you put something out there, your name's on it. What I do, man. But in social media, people can hide behind anonymity, and there is no repercussions for anything they say or do. And that's the component of it because there's no accountability. It's, it's the wild, wild west. And, and I think anonymity, people can do anything they want to do. And, and sometimes it's good. Most times it's not. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. I mean, those I, I have. You to don't want to know. I want to know where that guy lives and I'm going to go whip his ass. <laughs> you know. I mean, there's been moments, but the reality of it is now you can kind of tell. We do know that there are things called troll farms and Twitter farms that, that are and they can look at the algorithm and you don't know if this is real or not. But as much as people have the hate at me, I, want, I, I do want to look at, I do read a lot of those comments just to see what exactly, what, what is the basis of it? And it's not only, if they send me something hateful, I'll go and look at what the rest of their Twitter feed, what is it, something just overall? Or if I'll see someone that's actually a pretty nice and calm and kind person tweeting up here, and then all of a sudden they go after me and they're vicious, I'm like, okay, I've struck a nerve here. Let's figure out why are they coming from their perspective? What is it about what I said really struck a nerve with them? Uh, that's just the, that's, that's the mother in me that wants to find out why are are you really expressing these emotions that you are? And so I don't want that passion to go away. Let's redirect it to where it's more positive. What do, what can we do about it? But that's, that's what I think the conversation that needs to happen on Twitter instead of just the hateful hurling. All right. See, you fought for 20 years to get where you are. I don't think you can turn it off. I know, I know you, you talk, it sounds good to go sit on a farm with a rescue dog. So I'm right there with you, but it's in your blood, Scotty. I mean, this whole thing is in your blood. Can you really flush it out? I think a lot of people here in Tennessee would love for me quickly to go back to work in D.C. It was funny. A lot of the people, like locally, I have a real problem right now. My biggest, my my current project is they've put a vape store in between the ice cream store and <laughs> the trampoline bouncy house in, in Hendersonville, and I am angry. I don't think that's the right message we need to be sending to young folks that are bouncing on a trampoline to walk by a vape store to get their ice cream afterwards. Those, I think local government's ready for me to move on. Um, we're about to go into, you know, midterm elections here in the state. I guarantee by the time that I hold some of these state, you know, senators and representatives and even the governor's feet to the fire for some of their decisions, they're going to kick me up to the, you know, that was a big sigh of relief, I think, when they realized that I was outside of U.S. politics and my voice was outside. I'm back. And you're right. <laughs> um, I, it's going to be very hard because it's it's in me to fight for what's right and what I think is going to be better for my children. And now I'm even more passionate because I've seen how this works for 20 years. It's not just reading talking points maybe the first few years and listening to other people tell me. I've experienced it, and now I have my children that I want to leave this city better for than when it was when I was brought here when I in 1980. So I, I have a little bit more motivation. At the same time, I also think I have a lot more, um, I don't say the word kindness, but more uh, graciousness in dealing with, especially since we have so many people outside who are coming to this area right now and getting them acclimated to be Nashvillians and to, to keep their, where they came from, can stay there. <laughs> All right. Assimilate into us, because we're pretty cool people, obviously, if you chose to come here. That's right. Look at this. Fastest 30 minutes of your life. Well I mean, done. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, again, as we we know most of our guests, but I, I, I'm proud of you because I know you win and I see you now and I just see you pissing off so many people <laughs> that it's fantastic. It'd be the same way if it was Greg or myself. I just think it's fantastic that because when they do that, they care and they want to know your name's out there. So th- I know you're busy. Thank you for this. Thank you.
very, very much. It. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you for what you do. I think that's the focus. The more local media is the, the very important because it tells people what we're doing here. And I think that message sometimes gets messed. Uh, well, messed we up. are local, local. You know, names, faces, local, local. Which makes you a celebrity. Uh, I mean, if you've ever walked with a school teacher into like the local Chick Fil A, and you've been with a school teacher, that person gets more paparazzi. Every kid's on. <laughs> this is kind of how you guys are. I'm actually kind of very impressed. Just don't <laughs> remember you. my Amen. name. <laughs> We've never been called impressed, but thank you so much. Uh, God bless you. Take care of yourself. All right, that's another fantastic edition of the official Six One Five Podcast. Again, thank you, Omni National Hotel and Wilson County Hyundai. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Thank you.